What up, what up, what up? Thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, this is The Activated Podcast, and I am your host, Ibu. Another week, another uh, another episode that I'm bringing to you. Once again, super excited. I think today I got uh, a few things that I really, really want to talk about. Um, it's been kind of a hectic week, uh, but not really, but every week something go viral. And um, today I kind of want to you know, focus on one of these things and get some things uh, off my chest. As we get into also the holiday season, I know everybody's energy is kind of down. Uh, I know I'm looking forward to some time off because, um, you know, it's been a long, a long year. A lot of hard work has been going into it. So, I mean, definitely some time off and some time away from maybe um, the city for a little bit would definitely help. So, uh, that being said, I want to start by saying that uh, the conversation that I had on the podcast last week kind of led on to the beginning uh of the week nowadays with the podcast driving every friday i feel like my week kind of resets um from that friday so uh, going into it um after I, I had dropped the episode i did get a phone call uh which i've gotten earlier the week i did get a call back and uh, there was a sort of um elders in the community and not elders sound like they super old but these are uh should i say these are leaders in the community especially african community that decided to kind of uh put uh, a little get together uh, to speak about the issue that's going on especially with libya being so uh viral in the news and things like that which i really appreciate it and i was kind of even so- shocked that i got the phone call to come out there uh but of course like right now it's it's an amazing opportunity whenever i get time to speak to different people and learn different things um i was really up for it i didn't really uh, know what my input would be obviously uh, as i spoke about in the last podcast how i kind of felt about it but um i did jump to the opportunity to go there and just uh, mostly uh, and more so just to kind of listen to hear uh what these people have to say in the lo- you know as far as even having a little bit more experience in the matter or maybe these subject matter uh sometimes you know as these this thing went viral uh, a couple of weeks ago whatever it is um one of the people there did mention the you know first thing that this uh thing about slave trade came up was about three years ago so i mean I, i'm not gonna sit there and lie to you uh, three years ago i was in a different um i was in a different zone yeah you know i mean three years ago i was 25 oh yeah yeah, yeah i didn't care nothing about no um nothing to do with you know slavery or nothing like that but like I say, mostly I want them to kind of uh, listen to to what they talk about. Um, before I even get uh, continue with the story, I just want to you know let this out before I forget. Of course, is that I believe on Saturday there's a march going on in terms of um, what's going on in Libya. Um, a young lady decided to put this together. At least the information that I got, you know, I seen this on my Snapchat and I decided to look into it further. And I found that there's actually a post on Facebook. It's called March. Um, Actually, no, I don't know what it's called, but it's a march about, I believe it's something about march about the Libya uh, slave trade, and it's going on on Saturday between 1 to 3 p.m. at Queens Park. So I will already be downtown that day, so I definitely would swing by and, and you know, go kind of support and kind of see what's really going on. Like I said, um, these things that, come, that I come across of and what I'm interested in, I'm really trying to, you know, just take a little step to try and figure out what's going on, whatever help that I could do. Uh, you know, sometimes it's not money, it's not whatever it is. Your the biggest asset you could ever give somebody is your time. So, um, you know, for those listening to the podcast, and you know, you just, you're downtown, you live downtown, you're gonna stroll by. It's at Queens Park. Queens Park actually was uh, where they used to do 
Uh, that's where Afrofest used to happen. If you're familiar with Afrofest in the city of Toronto, it's probably one of the biggest. It's not one of the biggest. It is the biggest African um, concert uh, festival that happened every year in Toronto. It's usually the first weekend of july so just keep in mind uh with that as well but you know just a little plug for afro fest so um that's where it's happening queen's park saturday between one to three if you're around the area um just come take a little peek and uh offer your support so uh back to the meeting that i had on saturday with uh leaders in the african community uh, a couple of things that we talk about so it was about i believe it was five of us in this meeting um me being one of the guys there and you know me being also the one guy that was sitting there and listening more so, um, you know, there was promoters there. It was, um, it was, and I guess it was a guy that has nothing to do with promotion, but he just kind of like worked with some organization um, across the world or whatever it was. And then um, he's on the board member of Afrofest as well. But nevertheless, um, good takeaways that I really, that really strike me as we're having this conversation. Uh, and one thing I want to share with you guys is, um, they talked about having a responsibility to speak for yourself and not waiting for others to speak for you. So in other words, I know when these big tragedies happen, um, we tend to always look for Oh, CNN's not talking about it. it must not be relevant. Uh, it's not on CTV news. It must not be relevant. Or we just waiting, you know, for Eminem to drop a freestyle so we can kind of get in touch and be like, okay, if Eminem's talking about it, it must be big enough. So this is when we decide to partake in it. But you know, also uh, from my position, what I didn't really understand is, um, you know, I always found value in. To, to get in this sort of like cohesiveness that we have as people so um i'm a little i, I get a little bit confused sometimes when we think uh we can't you know push a certain message forward or we can't gather a certain amount of attention um and we kind of underestimate ourselves which is um it's not what they were doing but i'm just kind of thinking now is that you know the our, our biggest disadvantage is that we don't buy into ideas and other people which sometimes could really uh, be detrimental to to our community, to even ourselves. So um, I really love the fact that they said, you know what, we do not have to wait for people to speak on our behalf. We must take action. So that goes for everything that's going on. And I know a lot of times when I'm having a conversation with different people, it almost feels like I got to convince you guys that, hey, you know what, this is good for you. But in, in other words, when these strategies tra uh, are happening, you know, when, you know, if you don't have the financial means to influence or, and, and we always think it has, it hasn't, it has nothing to do with money. Sometimes, like I said, it could be your time. Um, it could be an idea that you come up with. It could be, uh, you just even promoting it if you have a certain amount of following and things like that. It's you speaking, on it and it doesn't always have to be you speaking because i think sometimes um you know we don't feel articulate enough to get on the mic and speak about certain things which is you know everybody has a message and i feel like if you're saying something with some sense you know it doesn't matter i mean the delivery does matter in a sense but you know if you know you can deliver the message maybe you can influence somebody that you think could better deliver the message so i think in that regard that's you know that's what really got my mind going saying yo that is very true um 
we can't wait for somebody to action for ourselves because you think about it today if you know your landlord come put a post on your house and says that you got to get up out of there you know unless that goes on the news doesn't mean that you're going to act on it right and uh, as big as this libya um thing has become or is or whatever it is and whatever issue we're talking about and and not to even focus on the libya thing but uh let's be clear people tomorrow you know unfortunately there are tragedies either that has already happened or unfortunately you know we can't really control the time is could happen right so we need to make sure that when these things happen that we have a sense of cohesiveness uh, with each other and then we help push the message forward in whatever uh, means or ability that you might have so you know we underestimate the, the power that you know if us uh, when I mean us I mean just um, everybody come together to, to relay one message um, the incredible impact that it could really have to the world so uh, I really like that I really like that when they said that so I even uh, I wrote it down you know what now when I you know see or even hear good ideas you know I don't sit there thinking I'm gonna remember it. I don't because I talk so many so much into so many people throughout the course of the day and and, and through the week sometime by the time when it's ready for me to go live uh, I don't forgot what the hell I was talking about so when I heard that I definitely um I wrote it down first and uh another thing that really um, threw me off in a way is because as we you know we talked about many things of course um, a lot of people might or might not have been represented at this meeting like I said it was kind of a initial let's work towards doing something um, some things were said the second thing that stood out to me was that uh, we did something was mentioned about um, oh we're, we're trying to find a name of this movement that we're trying to start, but we're trying to find a name that is inclusive to all types of people. And when I mean all types of people, we're talking black, white, Hispanic, white, whatever it is, um, black, and whether it's Canadians, um, Africans, Asians, um, white people, white Canadian, whether we're talking about Canadian specifically, we're talking about European, you know, whatever it was, um, even back home, like in Nigeria, you know, what we're talking about, Nigerians, uh, Nigerian, that's where I'm from, Niger, uh, Mali, whatever it is, we're, we were trying to find a name that would appease everybody. I have a little bit of issue with that because I think as we're trying to find a name to appease everybody, uh, we also, at that point, I feel like we were kind of um, losing confidence in what we as a group of people can do, right? And, you know, we some people thought that, you know, if you call it, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm just throwing an example out there, a coalition of black people, uh, that could be offensive to Africans. If you call it a coalition of Africans, that could be offensive to black people. And I mean black people, I mean like everybody, anybody that's, you know, obviously of a skin color, same skin color. It could be, you know, Caribbean might feel that we've taken it out of the discussion, but they also could be or are affected in some way, shape, or form. And then if you call it a coalition or whatever, then, you know, Canadian might feel ways because we're taking advantage of this great country and having this, you know, in some way, shape, or form allow us to have a voice to... Um, 
portrayal passed on our message the what you know it, it was it was crazy to me and um now whether or not I was really understanding what they were coming from um because I obviously I've never had a, um the opportunity to maybe you know sp- look at life from from a different perspective because I know one of them had worked for a big um uh, organization that does work globally uh, and he was speaking about you know when we go to certain countries or whatever it was we had to make sure that those people felt inclusive because um they wanted to also have the support of you know big influential people also people with a lot of money so if you don't go you know if, if you're putting on a concert together and you want td bank to uh sponsor you you might want to you know i don't know come up with a name that you know that piece both td bank and maybe the community from which you're trying to uh pass the message through or whatever it is and i, I mean i kind of got upset because i was like it almost felt like we're, we were trying to because i think oh like i said i could have misunderstood this but i think um they were trying to speak about maybe appeasing either i understood this white people uh, politicians um, and or certain companies because we have made an agreement that we need these people to I, I almost don't want to say validated but I, that's what I felt so here's my breakdown of the whole thing if goes back to what I was saying if us as black people or African people we don't come together enough so for example, if there's 3 million black people in Toronto, we're able, theoretically, if everybody donates a dollar, we have $3 million. Okay. Now, out of that 3 million, of course, there's a lot of babies and not unemployed people. Okay. We'll take off 15%. Uh, there's people, you know, whatever it is, break it down to what we now think is the most accurate number of those people that could actually donate that dollar which is out of the three million let's say that five hundred thousand people could so in, in theory we could have five hundred thousand now we have been narrowed down to okay you know why out of that five hundred thousand half would uh, let, let's take this three would care thirty percent will care thirty percent won't care four won't give a fuck so we now get rid of seventy percent or 500,000. Now, uh, right off the top of my head, 500,000 divided by two, uh, that's 250,000 divided by two, uh, two, that's what, 125. So let's say we're able to gather from 3 million people down to maybe 150,000. So, and I don't know how anybody feels, I feel like that's enough to influence and to really, you know, push the culture and the message forward. And to be honest with you, if you get on here, right, and you come up with a name, that the message that you're putting out there is as positive as it comes, I think whoever wants to receive the message, whether it be white people, whatever, um, they at that point is making a choice whether or not to care enough about the cause, to put their money behind it or not. Or whatever it is, whether that be influenced people. Now you gotta think about this. People will gather around an idea on their own terms. 
and to already before we even establish anything i think the most important thing that we're talking about uh, is the name and sometimes a name does carry uh not sometimes i think most of the time it does have an impact but as anything that you do i feel like people pick and choose what they really want to support anyways and in that in 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 that small time i was just thinking like I'm trying to understand why do we care so much about what we call this thing if us five as gathered here, we are looking to do something positive. Why do we care so much that, you know, X amount of people will care or won't care? You know what I'm saying? But like I say, it could have just been me misunderstanding it, but that also went back to what the first one I was making about this meeting that we had about the what we're trying to do in terms of what's going on in Libya is we need to have a voice for ourselves and not wait for others to speak on our behalf. So if we're here telling you that we need to get out there and make our own noise, why then do we care whether or not the name is well received by the general population if our initial thought wasn't to spill hatred or a negative message out there? Now y'all y'all really think about it because I'm still like I said um you know and right now all y'all really get is one perspective which is my perspective uh I'm sure they'll be able to spin it and explain it in a different way but you know when that was said that's what I took from it and I think that anytime that goes for anything you do in life right anytime that you're more concerned about how people take you or perceives you than what you ready to put your best foot forward and to the best of your ability, you're already fighting yourself. Because to be honest with you, in, in whatever you do, you only need, you need, either you need one person to believe you and fully push you with that idea or you get out there and do it yourself. The worst thing you could ever do in life is nothing. Activated quote. You know, that's a little plug. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, and I think, you know, that that meeting was very, it was very, I mean, I sat there and I, and I could really listen all day. We were there for a few hours and, um, you know, there was the owner of, anyways, I'm not going to get into it, but he was there and he was really talking about how, um, you know, things were dealt and, you know, sometimes you put a lot of pressure and uh, get, you know, you got to get the bigger forces around to really act and then you know because sometimes these are the guys that really you know politically they create these kind of chaos that goes out there because um you know what i was you know look, looking looking into this a lot a, a little bit more you know deeper is that you know they were saying that uh bush has signed an agreement uh back when president bush of course um to get Libya to give up whatever weapon of mass destruction that they had at the time when Gaddafi was around. So that agreement was signed in place and, you know, they're supposed to move forward with that. Now, at some point in time when uh, Obama came, uh, he decided maybe or maybe not, hey, man, you taking too long. Um, you know, we got a better plan. So they went in and, and literally took the man off the throne. And uh, when I said throne, whatever, took him out of power. But they didn't really think long term what the effect would be when a country like that is without a government, which is currently what it is. Like there is no government really pushing the country, you know, doing anything. It's really like people kind of occupying uh, certain areas of countries. And of course, people are starving and people are starving. These are the kind of things 
that happens. So, you know, when you look at it like that, you know, the same people from which we're looking to to include them in our message by choosing a name that we feel is appropriate are the same people that are out there just causing the disruption in the first place. So something to think about, man. I mean, sometimes I be thinking like, you know, sometimes we're too smart or we too, quote unquote, woke to just sit around and really um, not being in tune or at least not knowing what's going out there in the world. So uh, those are the two takeaways that I take from that. And um, now the second thing, uh, which is also the theme of the episode is uh, I'm sure everybody has seen the um, now I'm gonna fucked up I'm gonna get this name wrong 100% is Joyner Lucas uh, dude that made the, the video about the um, I'm not racist I'm not a racist I'm not racist um, but come on stop playing you guys know what I'm talking about so you know when when the video first came, I, I've seen it. I've seen a snippet of it a couple of days ago, and I, you know the one thing. Let's let's all agree. And I I knew this video went viral because my little brother came and he had told me about it, and uh, and I know that he's he's a kid where if something is not viral, he's not even paying attention to it. So a lot of time I be pushing him, be like, yo, you need to stop acting like you're not as smart as you are and really look into certain things because if you get to it when you're younger you know you're in a, in a much better position especially around your peers and things like that so whenever i find something that's motivating or something that he should look at i always send it to him but like yo go watch go watch this video and especially if it's a video he's most likely to go check it out um so i was i was looking around and a lot of people did um you know what they do these youtube video these reaction videos uh is that they film themselves uh while watching a video well that's that is the dumbest shit on earth okay reason why it's dumb because you're reacting to a video that you've seen before so therefore the time when you're doing a video most of the time is it's not gonna be um it's not gonna be a genuine reaction because you kind of already know what you're going to watch the reason why you're doing the reaction videos is because this damn video is viral. Now, uh, correct me if I'm just on some shit, but I mean, I think that's what it comes from. You hear about this video blow up. Now you go look at it and you're trying to recreate the reaction that you initially had. To me, it's backward, but I didn't watch it to try to get a reaction. Um, I watched it to try to get a perspective. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. With you. Number one, that video... The John Joyner Lucas, the video was six, seven minutes long. Actually, the song is six, seven minutes long. I had to watch it about 15 times to really, because he was saying a lot of things and he was saying it fast. Now, you would catch some of the punchlines, but sometimes the in-between, read-between the rhymes, right, that, that, that actually carries a deeper meaning. Um, so I watch it after I watch it about 17 times and even before I recorded the episode I make sure I, I watch it again just to kind of uh, refresh my memory and a couple of things that I kind of wrote down as I was watching it was you know when you see a video like that and you see a white man talking it stirs different kind of emotions in you right because I'm sure initially I even myself when I watched the trailer I didn't realize that it was a black person that was rapping, but once they put the white man's with the red hat, make American great again, you know what I'm saying? I was just, it hit me hard because I said, like, damn, 
to, you know what I mean? It was, it was almost like when you sit there in the mirror and you're looking at yourself, right? This is about March, April. Uh, summertime is coming around. You're looking at yourself. You're like, oh, damn, I don't fuck this up, huh? You can already see that you ate one too many burgers and too many donuts from Tim Hortons. So at that point, you're looking at yourself, but you can't lie to yourself. You're like, you know what? I took an L on this winter glow up or whatever it is. You know what? I'm just stick to, you know, bigger size clothes or whatever it is. I mean, even men, we have our own insecurities. So I think when you're looking at it, you're like, there's no way to avoid the truth. Because you are now one-on-one with yourself. You know everything about yourself. So the thought of you lying to yourself is absurd. You know what I'm saying? So I think that video, when it starts with the white man talking, now, if a white man really said that, we'd be upset, but let's be clear. There was a lot of truth behind these things that we said. And not even a lot of truth, but it was kind of like, oh, shit, like, this is for real. And one of the lines that, you know, the most common line that we always hear is that, oh, yeah, I got my niece is half black. How can I be racist? My cousin is black. How can I be racist? Yo, my best friend is black. How can you call me racist? But I think there's really, a, there's, at that point, what we're trying to do is, and if a white person was to saying that, it's kind of like dismissing what the real issue is by giving, you know, by replacing it by the, um, with an excuse I wish I could put that In better wording But that's really You know what that is Now I can't be racist But my best friend is black But at the same time uh, If a black man Come and apply At your job Or you know Company that you own Or whatever it is You might still not Give him the job Right So And I think the message is The most important is Is holding ourselves accountable There's a lot of system When it comes to racism That have been put in place Way before we were Even thought of Right, way before our parents decide to even go and create us, these things was already in place. Now, we gotta understand that sometimes the system has been promoted and has been perfected to continue to to dismiss or to keep us at a certain level, which we like to think that white society feels comfortable at. So when you're watching it, that video, and I think it was you know, amazingly executed is that we pay attention because we're now, it feels like you stand in the mirror two months before summer hits and you realize your body's still trash and it is your fault because you have not put in the work to get to where you need to be so you could be out there taking the pictures for the people IG and stun on them. You know what I'm saying? It's like that dude to take a picture in the club with, your man's bottle and then post a picture with it but deep down he know he didn't pitch in for that damn bottle but it still feels good but the, like i'm saying at that point you're not wrestling with yourself because the truth is harsh right the truth is harsh. there's some things that we definitely need to take accountability for but some things the system has really been around so um that portion of the video to me greatly executed and another thing that i want to talk about is that, you know, once, uh, you know, he gives a perspective from a white person, he now gives a perspective from a black person, 
Right. Is that what I just, yeah. Perspective from a white person, then switch over to a perspective from a black person. And then, you know, now it feels like we're now getting shit off our chest. Right. That second part of the video. Video was super long. So if you really get a chance to go check it out. uh, Amazing. Amazing. And I mean, I kind of I didn't really know who that was. I'm be honest with you this week. um, I got I was inspired by some ignorant rap which i love uh favorite one of my favorite rappers of all time is fabulous and jada kiss um in their own respectively lanes and they decided to get together and uh put an album together so if you have not heard elm on friday on elm street oh, uh, listen i got i really <laughs> I really got to get these names together, but um, I'm just speaking off memory, and sometimes my memory seems to be a little bad, but um, Friday on Elm Street, I think that's what it's called, so go check it out. Uh, my favorite track on there is Stand Up, uh, so that's what I was listening to, so I was in a little zone, and then when I when that, that I'm Not a Racist video popped up, and I, and I watched it, my little brother even brought it to me. And I showed it to my sister, but when I watched it, it kind of, you know, it took me a while to to get back in that kind of zone because, you know, I'm not perfect and I don't always listen to the conscious shit. I think I, I more so like the, you know, I, I shoot you in your leg, kill you in your sleep type of rhyme then you know, that type of stuff. But I think it's necessary. You, you really got to open your mind to different things because you never know what could influence or inspire you to do certain things. So, uh... Video amazing. So if you have not seen it, go type on YouTube. Uh, I'm not a racist, and just watch it and see what you get from it. So, I mean, my perspective was that you know sometimes you gotta face the truth. Sometimes you know we cannot think that the system is holding us back. Sometimes it is necessary, or at least to be aware of. But sometimes you gotta be like, oh man, fuck the system. I will outdo the system. I think you gotta have a little bit of confidence to really push through as actually as i'm talking about it, i want to share with y'all a story i might not have done this in a while but i want to share to you uh my i'm not a racist story that i experienced uh, this was downtown toronto a couple years ago when i used to work downtown and um i was meeting up with the young lady <laughs> this is a long time ago by the way but i was meeting up with the young lady um at uh, Jack Astor downtown So if you're in the city of Toronto uh, Dundas Square There's a Jack Astor right upstairs you, I mean It's impossible If you ever came to Toronto You either Have gone there to eat Or you've seen it So anyways um, This was Friday uh, When I was working at the bank uh, Friday has casual dress down day So you know I'm always Hoodies, sneakers And uh you know, pair of jeans, and usually when I used to bring my lunch to work, I used to have a little backpack, whatever stuff I had to put into the backpack. So, anyways, uh, I was meeting up with a young lady at this spot, so I went there to meet up, whatever it was, and then uh, she was already there with some friends. Um, so, as I get there, this this place, by the way, on Friday is bananas, overload, and this was um, it wasn't summertime, but it's kind of like in between, right? Because I remember having a sweater, so I went in there, um, and you know we were talking or whatever it was. So the people that were coming afterwards, um, because I was there, they kept you know calling me. So every time my phone would ring, I would have to walk back outside because I couldn't really hear anything inside of Jackaster. So I had to walk back. And uh, go outside and then, you know, take the call. Now, I did do that, I believe, three times. 
right? Like I said, because, you know, I'm trying to get these people to play. So now, um, the fourth time, I believe I was going back in, and then this white guy, security, of course, he steps in front of me. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? Is I'm sorry, bro, I can't let you back in. And uh, I was shocked. I said, what you mean you can't let me back in? I was just in here. I went outside to answer a phone call. So I'm just thinking they asked me if I got a reservation or whatever. So I'm trying to explain to them, no, I'm already inside. My, you know, my friend is down there. Look, she's over there, whatever. Uh, I was just outside because it was loud. I went to take a phone call. He's like, yeah, I know. Because I'm thinking they made a mistake or whatever it was. He's like, yeah, I know. But, you know, my manager has told me that, you know, you're not allowed to go back in. So I'm like, your manager, let me speak to him. So I said, what? Because now I did remember that as I'm going back in there, there was a white lady at the front that was talking to, not the waitress, but whoever that girl name is. You know, when you come in a restaurant, they sit you in. Whoever that is, she was speaking to her. So now when I look back in that same place, the manager had taken away, right? She's gone or whatever. So you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm give you the orders, but then I'm going to go, I'm not dealing with it because if shit goes left, I don't want to be responsible for that. And, you know, him, he's getting paid and he got to do his job. He's security. Uh, but this is where, I don't know, like, I, 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 I really felt ways. Now, grew up in the U.S. Most racist place on earth. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Not most racist, but it's evident that there's a lot of things going on there. And I grew up... Uh, G-Berg, Maryland um, DMV, all that good stuff uh, Never in my life Have I ever experienced Racism At least not the Not one that, that stands out of my mind Or I could recognize Now, come to Toronto Number one city One of the most I shouldn't say number one I need to stop throwing these thoughts out there But One of the most Multicultural city in the world Like I've been to A lot of different cities uh, Paris You know Everybody's out there But it's not It's more so Most immigrant city Because all the immigrants Go hide out there But shout out to y'all Not in a bad thing But <laughs> Anyways uh, It's Paris by the way It is a very inclusive city But You also feel that you're not Like to me, at least, while I was out there, I didn't really blend in. I feel like to blend in, you got to be part of certain neighborhoods and things like that. But, you know, like Toronto, for example, or downtown, when you come downtown, you do feel like you you are in a multicultural city. Like, you feel it. You know, shops, restaurant owners, and things like that. But when I was in Paris, uh, their downtown, which is what, Champs-Élysées or whatever it was, it was very white and very, you know, this was just tourist area. But nonetheless, um, back to my story. So when the security guard had stepped in front of me, um, telling me to to roll out or whatever, uh, never in my life have I experienced this. And now, you know, in my mind, I'm really thinking, what should I do now? Right? We all seem to think that we have the perfect answers and things like that when it happens to you. But that's not quite how things work. So as I'm thinking, what should I do now? He goes, he goes, hey, man, bro, don't even worry about it. I'll be honest with you, man. It's not a racist thing because I'm, I'm half black. So <laughs> that kind of, it made things worse in a way because by him saying that, he's dismissing how I feel and he's dismissing, you know, everything. It's kind of like, hey, man, um, you know, you'll never be nothing, you know, don't even, whatever it was. But so I looked at him and, and I was like, first, you don't even look like you're half and half, whatever you're, 
You look like a big white guy Number one And number two This didn't even come from you So It came from somebody else You just now Trying to You know Almost you're trying to You know Take the heat for that So um, I had walked out And I had to call my friend And be like Yo you gotta come out They not letting me back in um, I had a black hoodie I think some sneakers And a backpack So maybe they felt threatened Maybe I, they thought I was about to do something To the place Because I kept going in and out On a busy night And things like that But number one I'm even I'm even shocked That they were able to Notice that I was going In and out Because when I mean this place was busy, there was even a lineup all the way through whatever that podium waitress thing is when you come in. So I felt little ways, and I decided from that point on, I'm never going to go uh, to Jackasters ever since then. But um, to be honest with y'all, I felt horribly. Uh, I did hold out for a few years, right? I think my first time going back was it was the the summer. It was this summer actually. This was the first summer that I went back. This is. Uh, this happened maybe four or five years ago. No, actually, over six years ago. This is the first time that I went back. So, um, and I and I kind and I, I kind of felt disappointed to be honest with you because uh, though I went back and every time I, I even see Jack Astor, like I still that moment still resonates inside of me. So even when I was inside and I think the person I went with, I even told him the story. Uh, Recently when I went back But you know We kind of dismissed it Laughing my Oh my god But like I still Felt that thing Inside of me So If you're telling me That I could feel that You know From somebody telling me I can't come in Imagine what You know Ancestors That were brought in As slave Five four hundred years ago And till now We expecting Us or them Or whatever To kind of be like Hey man Slavery was so long ago Man get over it which I think sometimes the community trying to teach us and by us trying to conform to their reality and picking up names that's inclusive to everybody, my message is fuck that, man. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, right, some will fuck with you, some won't fuck with you, some won't even care. So you always got to focus and do it for those that care. That's what the message is really about. So uh, don't tell me you're not a racist. You got to show me that you're not a racist. Right. And like I said, this is this is the first time ever has happened to me. Um, I've not experienced anything like that. Even sometimes now because my awareness is a little bit heightened. Uh, when people do certain things, I'd be like, um, you know, I think people got to kind of watch what they say and things like that, especially if you don't mean it that way. But. You know, it's like being a black guy, I always got to, you know, hear jokes about, oh, you rap too or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, you got to relax. Maybe I do rap. So what? I don't rap because I'm black. Or do I? I don't even know. Sometimes I feel like if you're not comfortable, if you know, don't try. Because I don't crack white jokes. Or like, I don't, I really, I don't crack jokes when I'm not comfortable. It's not, I'm not there to appease anybody. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't understand what some of these people be going for that. So... Uh, I mean that was my story and, I, and I'm picking that back up So from this point forward I will not go back to Jack Astor's um, but I think summer should be a little exception Because if you know this Jack Astor <laughs> From which I speak of uh, Toronto during the summertime This is probably the best place to be Because they got this patio that overlooks 
uh, this anyway it's phenomenal if you listening to it if you've never seen it go on Google Google Maps type in Dundas Square Toronto Jackaster whatever it is and if you know anybody to work for Jackaster just tell them man um, they definitely gotta do better so um, this is my little take now I do wanna close out by saying one thing see I've been trying to get deep on y'all on this not trying to but things been hitting me and I decided to to write it down I'll think of something and I, and I write it down And then I'll say If it's trash Y'all let me know If it's not I might come up with some shit Anyways I'm just trying to figure this out So um, I was thinking about it This is one of my quotes So Your biggest influence Probably didn't have any money So when I say that is You know Think about the Person that had the most influence on you and I think a lot of the times it start, at least for me, it started home, started in my household, um, it started with my parents, uh, it started with my older siblings, and now it's kind of passed down to me, and I'm trying to influence my little brother, but, you know, my parents, we don't come from a lot of money, uh, we just come from a lot of hard work. So you think about it, when we look for, you know, celebrities to endorse us, or we look for big people to endorse us, but our biggest influence didn't really come from money at least for me and i think for most people but you know then then again nowadays we got influences being celebrities so that might be true now but i think you gotta think about it um and this might need some 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 a little bit of thinking but i was just thinking about you know initially your first influence it could be something you've seen in tv but for me it started with people that don't have money so um that being said that's it and i want to you know wrap it up of course um, I am doing the t-shirt giveaway, uh, but also um, if you are a fan or you do support the idea of the podcast, uh, you're welcome to give out any amount of money that you have, and then you will get a t-shirt from me. So shout out to everybody that's been posting it. I really, really, really appreciate it. So like I said, um, this is it. These are some thoughts that I've been thinking about now wanted to share with you guys today uh once again um thanks again for tuning in into the activated podcast as always i'm your host ibu and you've officially been activated peace